So hello everyone, this is episode 10 of the uh, Liverpool University Centre for Innovation in Education podcast on Treasure Island Pedagogies. We have four guests today who would like to share their island stories, experiences, light bulb moments and treasured pedagogies. So hello and welcome and can I ask everybody to please introduce yourself, your original discipline, your current role, and Perth, just very briefly, how you came to be in this current role. Hi, my name's Emily Chapman Waterhouse. I work at Harper Adams University in Shropshire in the UK. Um, how did I get to where I am? Uh, I've been at Harper for quite a long time um, and I've been really lucky in getting some opportunities to move from my subject area, um, which is equine and human sports sciences, um, into more of a educational developer role within the context of my department. So I'm a course team member on our postgrad certificate in teaching and learning in HE um, and I've also just adopted a new role of associate head of department. So um, life is uh, busy, exciting um, and uh, hopefully the trajectory is onwards and upwards but um, along with my new team which will be brilliant. Yeah great, I think change is definitely the flavour of the moment. <laughs> Okay, Gunas. Hi everyone. First of all, thank you for the invitation. My name is Gunas Aksenova. I'm a lecturer in building information modeling and management at UCL at the Bartlett School of Sustainable Construction. I was trained as an architectural designer, but I got interested in digital during my master at University of Salford. Then I got PhD from University of Liverpool and straight after PhD, I got a job at UCL. So I've have not been on campus yet and have been teaching online from the start. I teach only at the master level at the intersection of management of digital in design and construction industry. However, I do have an interdisciplinary background, meaning I have been moving between different disciplines and areas of built environment from design, construction, urban planning, city making, whatever it is. But my angle was always digital innovation and management. So I do research about digital transformation of industries and the role of digital economy in that transformation. So I'm an early career scholar and I've never planned to be an educator, but I guess it just happened naturally. Thank you. Yeah, great. And I think that's definitely and just on, on the topic of change is so interesting on us how you've described that. First of all, the how in fact the disciplines are changing as well as a result of these digital changes and other societal changes, which is very interesting. Thank you, Emma. I am Emma Davenport. I work at London Metropolitan University, which is in the heart of London, and I am based in the School of Architecture, Art and Design. Um, I am an academic mentor, a senior lecturer, and most recently I am the head of student experience and academic outcomes. And um, I, I really, really enjoy my role as um, head of student experience because I think it draws on my previous experience background, which is education, anthropology and design history. So for me to work in a school of architecture and design is like bringing all my interests, whether that's, I suppose, social sciences, material culture and education together um, to think about and and sort of develop the best learning and teaching experience for our students and also for our staff who come from kind of professional practice backgrounds and maybe you know have less experience in um, higher education pedagogies um, 
yeah, that's me. Wow, that's amazing. If all the disciplines we've been mentioning today were colours, this is already a lovely palette of colours so far. So Charles, can we ask you to introduce yourself? Sure, thank you. Um, thank you for the invitation and it's it's, it's really great to, to be here. Um, so I'm Charles Wachira. I am the Director of Teaching and Learning at the Curry Business School at the Johns Hopkins University here in the United States. Uh, so we're located in Baltimore, Maryland, and also in Washington, D.C. So my current role as the director there is I manage a team of um, instructional designers who work with Bakery in developing and also improving their courses. Uh, also a team of instructional technologists, uh, media uh, technicians of professionals, and also a teaching support team. Um, and Primarily, we work on online courses. Uh, although this past year we've um, we've been we've supported the um, transition from on-site classes to what was remote life and now hybrid and any other new modalities that that might come out of this uh, this pandemic. So we'll answer that call where when we get there. Um, my background, I through primary school and secondary school, I was interested in business and economics. Uh, and then, but then I came here um, to the United States uh, for undergraduate where I studied um, business administration with a concentration in marketing. But as, as I was going through that, I, I really liked uh, technology because right? that was in the mid 90s is where, you know, we, we were starting to have computers in, in you know, in the classroom, uh, PowerPoint, things like that. So for graduate school, I did study instructional technology, which included instructional design and uh, instructional technology. So that is has been my passion. Uh, so that translates into Factory development, uh, technology in the classroom, um, instructional design, and most recently universal design for for learning. So I I have really enjoyed um, being in in you know in academia. Uh, both my parents were um, primary and primary school teachers. So I I even though I'm not a teacher in that regard, I still enjoy being 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 in the classroom and working with students and and faculty. Great. So yeah, Thank you're you. in the in the best uh, job then. The passion yes. for education is definitely uh, uh, there. Yeah. Thanks, Charles. Um, so can we ask so all of you to to share with us your light bulb moment? So this is a, a moment when you have you know when you felt the students were, were getting it. You know they were learning the way you wanted them. And so what has made this light bulb moment ha happen or make it possible? I'm happy to kick kick things off on this one. Um, so uh, I run a couple of level seven modules, particularly around reflective practice, and the students that are joining them are or are qualified vets out in the sector, and they're coming back to do um, postgrad qualifications, uh, postgrad certificate, diploma, or masters. Um, and on one of these modules, there's a, a cohort typically of about eighty or ninety that join, and we've always used. Um, the technique of you know writing a small uh, draft or plan or protocol for a piece of work getting some tutor feedback on that you know quick turnaround um, and equally tutors can get a steer on where the cohort's going you know uh, is our teaching being effective you know fundamentally but also are the students going in the right direction um, and, and what new ideas have come out from this year's cohort compared to last year and so on 
Um, and we've we've done that with sort of a series of chapters um, that comprise a, a portfolio uh, that they pulled together towards the end of the module. This year, we instigated a new, um, you know, draft um, uh, opportunity for a sort of a, a fourth chapter that we've typically made the students be much more independent with. Um, and for me, I think that was a light bulb moment sort of over the last nine months because um, it was fantastic to see a the thinking that had gone from the students into this planning, but also actually how our preparation um, in our teaching and our support of the students up to that point for some had clearly not been clear enough. And I could see some of the gaps um, and which, we, you know, you can address quite quickly, um, but others um, it was. I think the only word I can describe, it was really joyful when you could read these drafts plans, um, sort of small scale protocols, um, and you could see that actually these guys, they've got the idea, they know exactly where they're going. Um, and, you know, if it was my children's um, primary school stuff, I would have been adding like smiley faces and, you know, thumbs up. Um, but clearly uh, my feedback was, um, you know, uh, age appropriate and, uh, you know, a bit more mature, but it was really exciting to see and I'm really glad that we added that extra piece of work and actually for the tutors on face value although you think oh that's something else I've got to fit in it was very much worth it because actually you can give really detailed feedback at that point um, and it, it's much more I think time efficient at the back end of it when you're looking at a final piece of work so that that was my light bulb moment this academic year I think stand out lovely and very concrete you know very visible learning which is is nice um i i'm happy to answer this question i mean i i was thinking i really love this question and i think i've got sort of two things that i want to share one sort of one pre-lockdown and one during during lockdown or during the pandemic um, and the first one is because um, all our students in art, studying architecture art and design have to do a module called contextual and critical studies, which, you know, provides sort of context and theory to architecture, art and design, the visual material world they live in. And it's delivered through lectures and seminars. And for many of our students, um, they find this quite challenging. A lot of them um, have dyslexia. Um, they are sort of very much visual thinkers um, and they're used to being in a studio making things with objects and um, so the lectures were, were were quite stressful I found them quite hard to plan for um, but lots of really interesting material you know um, social theories um, lo lots of things for them to think about and um, I, I looked through like you know, lots of guides on teaching in higher education. And I came across someone who had used post-its um, and they'd stuck the post-its on the screen in the lecture theatre. They'd got the students to put the post-its actually on the screen that you were projecting. And I suddenly thought, oh my God, that's such a good idea. I need to bring some objects into the lecture that we can then use um, during the presentation. So I tried it out with with this with a group of students and and it was brilliant. Like they, you know, we actually got some discussion. There was like a definite change in the atmosphere. And after that, I started to give out objects during the lecture or at the beginning of the lecture and then sort of say to them oh what have you done with that object during the lecture and sort of try to connect it 
and it's similar with moving teaching online um but perhaps the, similar in the sense that how do you sort of make this two-dimensional experience more interactive um and something that i found helpful but challenging was sharing something about yourself that you can't tell from just seeing you on the screen um and that's actually quite challenging for someone teaching in higher education where you often feel like you're sort of behind the podium and you don't really share yourself with the material that you're teaching but i really noticed that online that's what students want to connect with they want to sort of get a three-dimensional sense of you and so actually you've got to work a little bit harder to sort of share more of you than you would maybe be able to convey more easily face to face through uh, through the clothes you wear or the time you turn up or the way you organize your notes or um, you know where you teach so you have to bring a little bit more sort of material to the online experience about yourself so for that yeah those were those 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 were my light bulb moments basically objects bring bringing in objects and making something 3d yeah that's in in fact I've, i did a creative he session where we all had to bring an object and speak about it and it was really that as you say it's that jumping out of the screen experience perhaps it's what charles you were talking about when you were saying about missing you know the before after lecture or contact time um chats and in, in discussions i guess so it as you say emma you know bringing that materiality and you experiencing yeah. you as a person as a lecturer it seems quite important in the relationship of in in learning thank Thanks. you so uh especially this you know this past year we've you know they've focused a lot on technology so i'm thinking of the classes where you know even pre-pandemic we still you know still focused on technology especially yeah in an online program but this year in particular uh, even on on-site classes um you know we had to retrofit the classes with with um you know with these big monitor tvs a lot of recording equipment anything you know to to give that you know give the faculty that experience um and and the students as well uh, but to me, my light bulb moment happens when all that kind of disappears and the student is in that moment and you can tell that they're really learning something, right? They go into a discussion discussion group uh, or, you know, a Zoom breakout room or in Teams and it's no longer about the technology. They're really talking to each other. They're really, really focusing on, on the topic. Um, you know, sometimes it could be that, you know, they don't have audio issues or technology issues, but it's at that moment when, you know, all the technology kind of disappears and they're, they're learning and asking questions and they, the professor, we're interacting with them and, you know, it's, it's, it's a more of a, like a happy place, right? Um, so to me, that's what I, what, what I, you know, what I, I strive for. Um, and you know sometimes it's obviously it's it's difficult because um, there are a lot of challenges when it comes to you know to implementing technology. But I always think about like if you're driving your car and you you know you get in 
you have your kids. You're, at that moment, you're thinking about your car, right? And once you start, you know, you start the ignition and you're down the road, and then your mind, you start seeing things on the side, um, and you forget about the car. You're part of that experience. That's that's kind of what I, what, what, the feeling I get when the students are in the classroom and um, they start to really focus on on, on what they're what they're learning. Yeah, that's a great metaphor. It, it reminds me of the flow, you know, the concept of flow in Cheeks and Mihai, that this idea of that you're in that zone, you're in yes. that. So having a car, or maybe we can expand the the metaphors to a motorbike when maybe yep. it's ever what you talked about, a bit interacting a bit little bit with the outside world or a or a boat or whatever travel. <laughs> But yeah, I know. Yeah, that's a great idea. So it's the technology when it disappears and it's all about the learning. And it's you need to be a magician, right? So, you know, there's a lot of prep and design work involved in that to make that moment happen. Yeah, there's a, yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of preparation and, and support and, you know, in the, on the in the background or in, on the wings uh, just to make it to make it happen. But you know, at the end of the day, it's it's worth it because it's you know, it's about the an outcome so anything we can do helps. Mm -hmm. great thank you Baba Gunas, can you share your light bulb moment yeah so um I, I would like to share my experience a series of light bulb moments that I had in the past year because it was such an interesting year first of all I had to jump into online education then I've been given a new model for a new program which have not run before, so I had to kind of design and develop it. So I've been given a lot of different topics defined at the program level, but I had to accommodate and deliver within one block teaching, one week block teaching module. And I could tell you that online education and one week of block teaching are not very, they don't very well go together. So my experience was not great because I had to um, deliver a lot of different topics within one week and students by the end of this module was absolutely exhausted and it was also a tremendous workload for myself. So I realized that I had to change something and the first light bulb moment came when I talked to my personal 2T from another program and she started to kind of tell, share, sharing her experience with me and she said, you know what Gulnas, lecturers always try to give us as much information as they can, uh, leaving students overwhelmed and we don't know, uh, students don't know what is important, what is not, where to focus. So basically, it's always better to focus on one thing than many. So it's what Biggs and Tang in their seminal book um, uh, called coverage. And they say there is nothing worse than coverage, right, when you cover too many topics. So I guess it, it's pretty obvious for many educators with experience that it was the first um, light bulb moment for me. So I realized I had to change my teaching approach and to give students more control and power um, as well as time to learn, as, which is very important in an online environment because always online environment requires a lot of cognitive effort. And then I talked to another friend from uh, who was undertaking a master program at European University and I asked her, could you tell me about the best model that you ever had at that program? And she said there was one lecturer who stood out, who stood up and uh, he did two things that were very different from everyone else. First thing, he um, challenged students to deliver a presentation. 
So we had to pick an argument and then they analyze that argument within the context or case study that we choose. And uh, so they had control of their learning environment as well as they were leading it, right? While the lecturer took a role of a moderator. And the second thing is that he never criticized them. He always gave only positive, constructive feedback, encouraging them. And again, that's what Big says uh, in theories of motivation that we need to um, uh, let students know that the task is achievable and they can succeed in it, right? So the, the motivation is, is there. So in my next module, I have enhanced this approach. So we were delivering presentations. Uh, we were picking an argument and they were analyzing it in the case that we wanted to analyze it, but also they had to pose a question in the end. And then they would lead discussions, answering to that questions in the breakout rooms. And then they would come back and then they would feed and they would continue those discussion and etc. And that's I realized that was my third critical light bulb moment of me becoming as an educator is that my role as an educator is to create a positive learning environment and I understood what it means throughout the past year. So now I hope to continue perfecting that approach. Yeah, that's it for me. OK, good. Um, so we have been talking about Treasure Island. So this is the space where the students are learning. We have created an environment for them when, when they are learning. And I think we are also talked around the issue of, of how things have changed in COVID period and pre-COVID, post-COVID and in mid-COVID. I, I don't know how we would describe what's happening now. But um, the, the next question I wanted to ask is around teaching props or pedagogy. So in the spirit of desert island discs, where you might take uh, music with you to the deserted island, uh, rather than a deserted island, what would be the teaching props or pedagogies that uh, you would take with you? I think I, I for me, I thought about this question. I mean, it would be it would be stationary. It would be like, a, you know, a sort of pens, post-its, paper, you know, I, you know, I'm still like using a notebook, you know, I, 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 I think that the, um, yeah, you know, yeah, the, the online experience, so you know, for does... those, those who haven't, can't see us when, when they, you will hear us, we, I think everyone's brought uh, their notebook to the screen <laughs> that we're all using notebooks, they have a place. Exactly. I still also use a paper diary, you know, I, um, you know, I think, you know, I, I feel like it's really important to be able to sort of draw out ideas, literally, visually, but also for our students. Um, and I think that the online, you know, shift ha has felt a bit like we've all we've all got to do PowerPoint presentations all the time. And actually, my sort of pedagogical um, sort of note to self would be oh yeah remember you don't need to do that and actually you need to step back from the powerpoint and sort of think that um think you know about you know teaching and learning as a as a conversation or a dialogue and so how do you bring that in um and the material things like the stationery sort of help help me to remember that so that yeah, that would be my 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 teaching prop. It would be like, could I have a year subscription to Ryman's? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure. Ryman's Charles is like you know a a, re, a retail chain of stationery shops in the UK. Uh, I don't know if they have them in the states. Anyway, you know, one of my favourite places. <laughs> <laughs>
Emma, can I add some post-it notes to your order? I'm a bit of a oh, post-it yeah, yeah, crazy. Totally. <laughs> Brilliant. Go on then, Emily. What else would you want to bring to your island or take to your island? Um, so I, I echo much of what Emma said, but uh, more recently I've tried to do um, use my Apple Pencil a bit more. I've got an iPad Pro for work and um, uh, as Emma said, you know, stepping away from using PowerPoint, lots in teaching, actually the, the whiteboard tool in Teams um, is great. And so I've been trying to test out a bit, you know, um, freehand drawing on said iPad um, and, and whiteboard it and encourage the students to do that in breakout rooms as well um, where they've got surfaces or, or something similar or or actually just you know sharing photos of their own um, notes um, so apart from that um, actually one of my go-to sort of props is um, is um, the kind of online um, notice boards, you know, the freebies that you can get so people can post something anonymously before a session, but it's a closed group. So it's not completely public. Um, and I like to capture outside of, for example, our virtual learning environment. Um, so perhaps they perhaps students feel a little bit more relaxed and it's not quite so monitored in the same way. You know, how are you feeling leading up to this workshop or those sorts of preamble type questions? And you can get a sense of what's your, your main priority question right at this moment in the module. Um, just a quick snapshot, you know, 24 hour pulse survey that maybe feels a bit less like a survey because you've not used, um, you know, the typical survey tools that you can get out there. Uh, you know, lots of names are available. Uh, I think those are my couple of go to tools at the moment. Great, yeah. So a quick pulse, anonymous, um, get a sense of what where people are up to. Yeah, great. Oh, well, this is an interesting question I've been thinking about for a very long time. And honestly, I, I couldn't decide what's more important or what's not. So um, my answer would be it's a treasure island, right? So it's full of treasure. So why don't I bring my confidence and enthusiasm and motivation and let students to create that environment of using all those treasure objects in a creative way? And also analytical way. But I also want to uh, say that I also, uh, to what just uh, Emma and Emily said, uh, I really like drawing stuff and visualizing ideas. So my second option was a blackboard. But now, since Emily mentioned it, I also bought in the last year a drawing board, board and I used Collaborate uh, software where people I can draw and you can do post-its, but students can also join it. And it's like a very creative process, which was quite interesting. But the interesting part of that is that one module really liked it. The students loved all those drawing experience. And the other module said, could we please, please use the traditional PowerPoint so we can just type stuff? You can type for us, <laughs> which was kind of, kind of interesting. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, that is interesting. Gonas, can I ask you to type in the name of that board that you just mentioned? Yeah, is that my, like Miro or something like that, or is that? It's actually more for drawing stuff, so it's like Miro, but for drawing as well. So mm -hmm. it's really good to make oh. connections. So instead of just connecting, um, like in Miro post-its, you can draw connections mm -hmm. and write stuff. Yeah, it's interesting that you said that different students responded to it or perhaps even different groups, as you say. Yeah, and I think the one module was more about the construction technology, right? So they come from a uh, design and construction background and the other one more about business management. So those at business management, they really 
said, oh, we don't want any drawings. <laughs> Could we please <laughs> have a typed uh, PowerPoint traditional? But we're also used to it because the previous models had this Microsoft PowerPoint experience. So we kind of liked it and it was effective for them. Mm -hmm. So Charles, what would be your teaching proper pedagogy that you would like to take to the island? Yeah, so last, last year I attended a workshop and they had this teaching uh, framework, uh, which is called Think, Pair, Share. Uh, I'll type it right here. And I, I, really, I really, really like that. And we've been, you know, using this in the classroom as well. And this is where um, it you get the students in the class and you 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 give them a, an assignment and you have them, you know, think about it or work, work on it individually, right? So it promotes that individual thinking and, and planning and and uh, and then and then once that's done, that portion is done, then you pair them up, right? So you have a couple groups and you have them talk about their own experience, what they thought about, and then as a group and reach some type of, you know, agreement of whatever the topic is. And then once the pairing is done, you tell them to to select a spokesperson and you bring the group back together in the class and then you have the spokesperson share what what they they discussed uh, and then it's followed by a discussion um, in, you know at the, at the larger class class level so I found that to be to be very very effective um, it because sometimes if you just break students into a group, you of course sometimes have the most talkative uh, and they kind of dominate the conversation. But if you do this with them, you know, everyone gets a chance to to think about the problem and then share as a group. Uh, I mean, you know, pair and then share there and then bring it out to the entire group. So I found that framework to be to be very helpful. So that's something that I, I definitely would would bring. Brilliant. Okay, thank you very much. So yeah, we've got lots of drawing, artifacts, objects, stationery on the island. By the way, I love that idea. <laughs> and um, uh, collaboration and also think pressure activities. Is there anything based on your discussion? So now if you can think of, oh yeah, and I, I left out Golnaz's brilliant idea about making use of treasures, the existing things on the island and making use of what's there already, which I think is again, it's a nice approach. So based on all these ideas, if you had, uh, now you connected your four islands with these props and pedagogies. Is there anything else we could do here with students or any other things that might arise from putting these all together? I think we'll end up with um, some really creative and uh, problem solving um, groups of students who will be like socially and culturally um, diverse and it could end up with some really great conversations. It's sort of a I'd love to be, you know, a fly on the wall um you know uh in in a hopefully not not inside of um you know a sensitive or some a conversation that they wouldn't want us to hear but you yeah. know whether where they're just socializing you know uncomfortably it would be great to to hear all those different um student groups conversing yeah i mean yeah i agree i think in the sense that you know there's lots of opportunities to to find things put things together objects together across the island and then kind of you know think about why you're doing that and then share those thoughts with others and then you know bring it back to um you know for want of a better phrase a massive show and tell 
the <laughs> end um or you know um uh like having shared having shared where all the treasure is we could then get off the island <laughs> you've kind of got two polar extremes haven't you you've got kind of the hunger games at one end and you've got perhaps this brilliant teaching and learning student conference you know where they're all presenting posters and you know um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, three minute papers and that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, that, that's just come to mind slightly uh, wacky. But yeah, no, I love that. It's definitely because some. Yeah, there, there's definitely that survival and problem solving that you really want to um, get prepare students for, because there will be lots of problems to encounter that, and and putting things together and jointly finding solutions to problems is definitely really useful thing that you we can be doing for education and then of course i love that safe space as well emily that you 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 instigated about the you know the anonymous pulse check kind of where people are up to so that as you say you're a fly on the wall but not quite you know a, a transparent fly in the wall uh, there to support them really that aspect of it i, I like okay so you've all been really hard working creating these opportunities for students nice some downtime for you what would be your luxury item that you maybe could take to a corner of the island when it's just you relaxing off duty off teaching what would you take um for me my um i suppose downside is my love of chocolate and i think it helps me just to yeah chill so um a cup of tea and um a generous bar of chocolate sounds great i mean <laughs> i might sneak to your corner of the island <laughs> yeah i'll say i i i like the tea tea angle i miss i miss uh i miss a good cup of cup of tea i'm here drinking coffee but uh uh for me i think what i would bring um is i would definitely bring a football or what we call here a soccer ball uh i've always they all played, played soccer ever since I could walk, probably. Uh, but that's something I would definitely, definitely bring because, you know, anything can happen when you have a soccer ball right? and a group of people. So. Brilliant. I like that. <laughs> I, I would I would bring, I don't know if I, how many I would be allowed, but I would bring a selection of cookbooks because I find uh, reading recipes really relaxing. Uh, I don't know if it's just the design of them and the steps and they tell me what to do and I don't have to think about it, but I I love a recipe and also I like cooking. Uh, so, you know, I don't expect to find the ingredients on the island, but I, I, I would have some idea of maybe how I could improvise with you know once i'd once i'd zoned out after reading the recipe <laughs> but yeah that helps me to relax <laughs> i'm sure we can allow you to take uh, lots of cookbooks yeah. or just take one with millions of recipes in <laughs> exactly 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 especially <laughs> maybe made for treasure islands <laughs> yeah 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 or e even if not that would be fine it would be sort of escapism but then i might be able to you know i might be able to like adapt it something <laughs> yeah i mean so sorry to uh, allude to a, a sad context but i was just reading someone's biography from um auschwitz and they were saying that one of the ways they kept um you know, kept alive is they were cooking in their heads. Yeah. 
and arguing about different cultural recipes and what were they putting into one and then the other argued that that's not how you do it. So that that there was a strong element of virtual cooking by, you know, just bring, I guess, relating to the joy that that communal activity and obviously the sustenance was bringing for them, which was very heartbreaking to read. Yeah, that's so but, interesting. Yeah, I yeah. can totally see that. I can totally see that. Yeah. Gourmet, yeah. what would be your luxury item? I think we've got a very good team. I do like chocolate and coffee and tea, good quality. <laughs> high quality but i also love swimming particularly snorkeling and free diving so since emma likes to cook i can catch some fish for you and we'll have some nice fish for dinner and lunch so and i will be enjoying it doing it most of my time <laughs> <laughs> and maybe charles's football could come in handy as water polo stroke football soccer game yeah. before or after the meals <laughs> Definitely. I'm definitely in. See, we are lovely islands to join. Okay, well, thank you so much for the discussion. I think this concludes uh, this episode of Treasure Island Pedagogies. And I loved having you all here as guests. And, and it, it's been fantastic to listen to the wonderful educational stories and innovations that you've been all, all sharing. So thank you very much. And I definitely want to see me and meet you for a cup of, cup of whatever on the Treasure Island. <laughs> Take care. Yeah.